Pornhub. Pornhub. The Pornhub Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pornhub Podcast. I have a huge crush on today's guest, and I think anyone that actually knows me will not be surprised. Um, He's hot. He's gay. He is the top rectal surgeon in the world, Dr. Evan Goldstein. He came straight to the interview from a surgery. Um, Actually, he did like 12 surgeries, sorry. Um, But he came onto the show just to teach us about anal sex. You know, I spend a lot of my life um, giving advice, tips on anal. It's like the thing I get asked about the most. Um, But to be honest, a lot of my information is just plain wrong. (laughs) It's experience-based. It's, um, you know, it's based on what I've learned as a porn star and nothing medical, not even Google-based information. So I thought together, Dr. Goldstein and I could give you a full anal 101 from preparation to the actual sex to aftercare. This episode is going to be everything you need to know about good old-fashioned butt sex. I hope you enjoy it. So thanks for talking to me. 100%. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that we have you on the show because I feel like I spend a lot of my life like going around giving people advice about anal sex and I'm kind of like a go-to when it comes to anything related to anal. But And then I met you and like so much of my information is wrong. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. Um so you were just in surgery today? Yes, I just did some what surgeries. Kinda, what kind of surgery was it? Uh, a couple of people that needed um, anal reconstruction for more like tears and fissures and things that prohibited them from having anal. So is everyone that comes to you, like, do they have a problem or? Not necessarily. Some people coming preventatively where we can talk about how do we prevent obviously problems from happening. People that don't have the education of understanding the right way to bottom. Mm -hmm. And so we'll do a good and, you know, good analysis. I'll take a look, I'll do an exam and then we can kind of set the stage. I'd say about 80 to 90 percent are coming to me because they have an issue okay whether they can't engage anally whether aesthetically it doesn't align with what they want okay um and we work through the problems so uh, both cosmetic and functional okay yeah and i would say it's more you know it's interesting because when you look at the anal world um it's if you take the anus away from a sexual being that uses the anus, mm-hmm. it's catastrophic. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's totally catastrophic. And the disconnect between the brain to not being engaging in anal really leads people down. It ruins relationships. I would imagine, especially like in the gay community, um, because it, it, it would basically be like sewing my vagina shut. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, at dinner parties, people are always asking me like, well, what do you do? And then my partner's <laughs> always like, oh, fuck, here it goes again. <laughs> um, and so finally we talk about it. And some people, again, straight or women will say, oh, I don't get it. And I say exactly that. Okay, well, I'm going to stitch your vagina closed and you can't use it again. Right. What would you do? It would be a life changer. Absolutely. So today I did a couple of people that um, had issues from a functional perspective that it was quite painful or they're bleeding from bottoming. 
And so I cleaned up the cut. I give Botox a lot to relax the muscles because people are a little bit too tight. Or if you have a cut or an issue anally, what happens is the muscles just literally contract. Right. And so in order to decrease the pressures, if you give a little bit of Botox strategically into some muscles. Like how many cc's? So it's 100 units. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So it's a pretty big that's dose. That's a lot. It's a lot. But in order to, that's, you know. For, like, for anyone that doesn't know, that's about like triple what I have in my entire face. Right. So it is. But there's a, you know, the muscles are quite large. And anally, strong. And the yeah. pelvic floor, it's quite strong. And not only do I do it in the muscle internally, but I also do it in some of the scar lines and where the cuts are to get everything to just kind of relax and decreasing that pressure allows for everything. So to it's heal. like doing a popper, but exactly as an injectable. Exactly. <laughs> but the issue with poppers, it's funny because you mentioned poppers. Poppers are really great because they do the relaxation. The problem is, is that with poppers, you lose the sense of pain. And so what I usually tell people is I am all for enhancers, whether it's toys, whether it's poppers, whether it's drugs, whatever it is, but you need to prove to yourself first that you can actually take whatever you want inside of you Mm -hmm. without a popper. Yeah. We always say that in porn too, um, is, you know, like there's a lot of numbing agents and stuff out there and one numbing agents aren't great for porn because it makes the dicks soft. Mm -hmm. Um, but mainly it's like feeling pain is important because it lets our bodies know like where the limit is or how much we can actually take. A hundred percent. And again, you're in, sometimes you're in such a euphoric state mm-hmm. that pain feels good mm-hmm. and then you don't know until later and then you're wiping and you're cleaning up you're like oh, you're bleeding or the next day when you go to the bowel you mm-hmm. know, have a bowel movement there's pain and then you realize like oh here we are again where now you're off the bottling right. world for a little while and and like does the botox change anything aesthetically no i mean sometimes i do in skin lines some people um to smooth it f- out to smooth it out you know a lot of people do scrotox or right you know or botox facial in the balls. yeah botox in the balls all this stuff um most of what we're using it for is the muscle and the skin line can you put like fillers in the butthole to I make it do. puffy yeah so some people come to me where they've had like either a botched surgery Or from, let's say, like an abscess or an infection, there's like a divot where aesthetically, um, you know, it's interesting when you think about art and you think about the ass, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like the same thing. When you're looking at something, if if there's something that's a little bit messed up, but it's symmetrical, Mm -hmm. your eye doesn't go to it. Oh, interesting. But if there's one thing like, like, let's say someone has a big zit on their left cheek, you're going to notice it. But if they actually have two, one on the left, one on the right, your your vision mm-hmm. doesn't go there. Well, they say like also, they say that like, um, I don't know what the word, like in an animalistic sense, like the faces that we find the most naturally beautiful are the most symmetrical ones. Correct. So that and makes sense. A, exactly. And it's the same concept with that. So from a symmetry perspective, I use fillers mm-hmm. to kind of make sure that we're mirroring the opposite side. I think side. I could kind of use that actually because my... When I gape, it's not like a perfect circle. There's definitely one side that's like a little bit dented. Right. So I would probably get filler. But the question is, is that some of that denting actually helps you depending upon where the dent is. So is it more towards the vaginal wall or the tailbone? It's actually on... Or right or left. Can you tell? It's... Wait, hold on. Because I'm not used to seeing it like... (laughs) Like... When I'm sitting in a chair is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah, like, like i'm not used to seeing it from like a like a, from a third person perspective <laughs> 
So it's actually, it's toward my vagina. Right. And now, <laughs> towards the vagina, especially in women, that skin is so thin, right? And so at some point, you probably did maybe have a little bit of a tear. And uh-huh. how that Many. healed. <laughs> Many. <laughs> Many. Um, and how that healed is with that divot. Now, sometimes if you fill that too much, what happens is now it creates a lot of friction. So when you're having oh. sex in the back and forth motion, what then happens is it now recreates that tearing sensation. Right. So aesthetically, you can play around with it, but you have to just be careful fine line. that it is a fine line because it because it can really tear. And then when it tears in that line, you know, there's also the connection between the vagina and the asshole. Mm-hmm. That line is super important. Yeah. And so sometimes when that's altered... And it feels really good. Yeah, of course it does. Like I bet too much filler would numb that even. It depends on the friction, I think. Yeah. Um I that's like what you just touched on. Um I remember you saying when I met you that m- male the male anatomy, female anatomy is a little bit different and because of did you say the women's estrogen? Yeah, usually hormonal levels. Yeah, makes the skin quite thin. Now, notoriously, skin everywhere. Everywhere, but more from an anal perspective, and okay. that's my own my only world. I mean, it's only your <laughs> yeah, only world. Yeah, too. that that is our only concern yes. here. We're not talking about any other skin. <laughs> I only care about your ass. That's it. Um, with that said, though, there are certain areas in the ass that are much more thin and more sensitive so like anterior which is towards the vaginal wall Mm -hmm. or for me towards the testicle region or towards the tailbone those are the two areas of the most friction and the most tearing Um, and the reason is is that if you look at anyone's asshole most of the lines like the extra skin is on the right side or the left side towards the front and the back it's like you said it's actually quite smooth and sometimes gaping Uh but there's no give in that area right when Uh you're finally taking cock or you're taking toys you need that to open right expand but if the front and the back can't expand what happens it tears or it gets irritated so when i'm doing surgery I literally can't put stitches if there's an issue in the front or the back of the ass. I could on the left and the right. Because right. the left and the right have enough skin and enough strength that it can hold the stitches. But front and back, it can't. So, How, how many of your patients are women? I'd say about probably 10%, 15 okay. more now. Um, because now I think, especially in the hetero and female population, anal sex is so popular. Yeah. A lot of the popular Definitely press becoming is, more normal. Yeah, and because of you, I think you're <laughs> touting that, which is awesome. So um, I've always noticed that I've always noticed that like, you know how like whenever you go to a sex shop and then there's like this huge dildo at like the at like the counter and you know like I'll go in with my girlfriends and it's like, haha, no one's going to buy that. That's a novelty item. That's like a paperweight. Um, but no, like and then you talk to like a gay guy and he's like, oh, I'm a size queen. Like I love shit like that in my ass. I'll take a two liter Coke bottle. Is that why? Is Is it like literally that? A lot of times the male anatomy just allows for more. I think it's a combination of there's definitely people that can never take that. Mm -hmm. And then there are people that can. I mean, I think the reality is when you see bottoms that are really good at receiving something or Mm -hmm. anything, 
they're good at it because they practice it mm -hmm. and they practice it a lot. And we speak about, you know, a lot of people looking at porn from mm -hmm. a sex ed perspective, um, just because unfortunately my medical profession failed from a sexual education perspective and our high schools and colleges failed to say, all right, hey, how do you understand sex in the right way? Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that you have to work up to that. Right. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of time. If you think you can go from nothing to Coke bottle, mm -hmm. that ain't happening. I always like before that I always thought it was kind of like um almost like a more sociological thing like I thought like oh men are you know I think raised to be more competitive and macho and the testosterone and blah 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 like I thought maybe it was more of like a, a will thing yeah I mean I think it probably is um you know, totally multifactorial, mm -hmm, right? Because mm -hmm. I see so many people from where, you know, they, you would think that there's no way they're going to be able to take that. And then they're fully taking it and all <laughs> good. And then other guys who you're like, oh, you should be able to take that. And they can't do anything, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but the skin is thicker. It can totally accommodate depending upon where they are in a muscle perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and then most of those guys, they didn't start out by sticking Coke bottles or big dildos right, up, right? Of course. It's like, you know, and when you look at the longevity of the bottom, the best bottoms actually start when you're 15, 16, 18 years old. Because like, think about it, like cock sizes are smaller at that age. Okay. So you're kind of dilating yourself over the years, oh, right? So it's the way nature intended. Exactly. <laughs> Stick it in your ass. When you're really young, you'll be perfect. <laughs> but if you think about it, right? I'm going to tell my kids that. Like, <laughs> like, listen, if you're going to do it, you need to start now. Start now. But if you want to start later in life, you need to actually start from the beginning, which is super small toys. Right. Understanding your anatomy, which I think is super important. Mm -hmm. You know, we spoke about it at, at kind of ButtCon, mm -hmm. which was how do you look at understanding that there's two the ass is not complicated, right? Mm -hmm. There's two restrictive points, skin and muscle. Mm -hmm. And the reality is if you're going to take anything, the skin needs to relax and the muscle needs to relax. Right. And sometimes the skin can relax a little bit more and the muscle can't or vice versa where your skin reaches a max, but yet the muscle is able to relax fully. And huh. then obviously if one of those is not accommodating, you're going to get hurt. Right. Or you're going to get injured. And I think one of the things for the listeners is anal sex should not be painful. I remember you saying that. And like literally five minutes before that, I was telling someone, I was like, you know what? It just hurts the first 20 times <laughs> yes. and you just have to get over it. Just get over it. I remember when you said that. It. I'm like, no, it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> I think maybe, maybe we'll give you a little bit of kudos because it should be more discomfort, right? There's a difference between no, discomfort was, and pain. I mean, for me, it was pain. <laughs> it was like excruciating pain. <laughs> well, maybe that's why you have the divot now. Yeah. Because <laughs> Right. It's yeah. If I had spoken to you back when I was fifteen, I wouldn't no have this divot. fucking divot. <laughs> I'd have but a it's perfect super game. super common, you know. Unfortunately, yeah. the lack of education. You know, if you mm -hmm. want to engage, one of the things is that. No, it shouldn't be painful. And if you do it the right way, a lot of lube, starting with small toys and slowly, gradually working your way up, you should really start to truly learn the anatomy to mm -hmm. figure out where you are. How long would you like suggest someone stays on one side? So like speaking of dilating. The, the process for me, mm -hmm. especially post-surgical, because I have to get people back to bottoming, mm -hmm. is about a four to five week process. Okay. And during that time, it's like, 
one to two weeks of just the small toy. Mm -hmm. Now, some people are going to be like, oh, I can take more, mm -hmm. right? But the issue is you want to create friction. I tell okay. people it's like you and I going to the gym. If we're lifting weights with the bar, we get calluses on right. our hand. We're trying to create a callus on your skin, especially very sensitive skin, where now we're starting to push the forces. So if I'm creating friction in your ass, a sl these calluses, not literally, but mm -hmm. the skin will get stronger mm -hmm. so that now you, so you want to like work on the skin while being gentle to the muscle. Exactly. And then okay. you want to start to understand the anatomy. But most of it is here too, mentally. Mental. I'm like pointing to my brain. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of it is how do you create the neural mechanism mm -hmm. of relaxation? Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes I've talked to guys and they're able to fully open their ass before mm -hmm. I even enter, mm -hmm. right? That is a learned technique. A hundred percent. Right. You can't just be like, you know, rarely have I ever seen anybody yet to bottom that's just like, okay, open up your ass and they're fully And they're able. gaping. They're yeah. gaping. It doesn't work like right. that, right? But you can learn how to do it. Right. And you can really get into that groove. And how to do that is to create that mechanism. Right. And, and so much anxiety time. is attached to anal. Like, am I going to be clean? You know, is totally. it going to hurt? So that's, you're right. That's definitely like a learned thing so so most of your clients are gay men a lot of them are gay men so i have to ask like you're a very handsome man oh thank you i can't imagine <laughs> like i for example like i don't want my gynecologist to be you know like this strapping dashing man because like he's gonna see like me in the most unattractive positions he's gonna see me when i have the worst problems in the most intimate places like do people hate that you're hot or <laughs> like is, does that ever come up um it it comes up periodically but okay. i try and keep obviously everything as professional as i possibly can <laughs> um with that said um you know i think people are coming here because i'm also the only game in town you know the uh -huh. reality is is that people aren't talking like we're talking mm -hmm. educating and providing the services um but I try and make it as comfortable as possible in the situation. Mm -hmm. And then we just kind of tackle what we need to to get I mean, I imagine back. you have like a great, what, what is it called? A bedside manner? I try. Like you have a vibe about you that's very like calm I'm chill, and calm. funny. I'm, here. And, yeah. I'm trying to get people it's to... It's not threatening. Yeah, because I think the key here is... Anal is threatening just in and of itself mm -hmm. before anyone has injury or coming to see me. Yeah. Right. And then imagine like, I, I don't know. I feel like I would be really embarrassed to tell you like I had a hemorrhoid or something. Why? <laughs> because... Oh my God. <laughs> I've seen your ass I, on I TV. Think, <laughs> I think I would, I don't know. For me, like if I was going to someone with a hemorrhoid, I would just want them to be like a hundred years old. I know, but the and, problem like, is they disgusting. don't have any idea because you know, they don't take it up their own ass. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that's true. So that's it's, true. it winds up being a problem because I have so many people that come to me from all over the world of like really great practitioners, but mm -hmm. yet have no concept of mm -hmm. anal sex. So that's what I wanted to ask too, is like, I guess, like, why, why the ass? Like, why did you pick, did you first want to be a doctor? And then you were like, you went through all the things and you landed on the ass? Or did you, you were like, I want to work with assholes. <laughs> Any way to make that happen? I'm an and asshole looking at all myself. your degrees <laughs> on the wall. Like. I am an asshole too. Who would I want to work with? Um, you know, it was interesting. My life's a little bit complicated. Uh, I was married to a woman before. Um, I finally came to the realization that dick was more important and I wanted to be gay and out and do all the things that so uh, that ended and I met my current partner and I was kind of on a train I was actually studying heart surgery okay and 
I was on a train and I was hiding from my homosexuality throughout the entire time. And when I met Andy, my current partner, we I remember we were in Napa Valley drinking some wine and I overlooked the world and I was like, God, I'm finally in a good space. Like I'm happy, mm-hmm. I'm who I am and like where am I in the world of surgery? And I realized mm-hmm. that I didn't want to do heart surgery. I hated it. It was just too much too much death and mm-hmm. too much unhappiness. Oh, and true. it was a lot of work where I didn't have a life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not fun. Mm-hmm. And Andy and I were walking in Central Park and I said, I think I should go into something in the community. Mm-hmm. I was like, what can I do? Because now I'm finally out. I feel like nobody's actually a surgeon and out and pushing for like gay advocacy mm-hmm. or anal advocacy or anything. And Andy's like, I don't think anybody cares if you're gay from an anal perspective. He's like, I would just want to go to like the best surgeon. Period. And I said, period. And I said, I get it, but what if the best surgeon knows nothing about gay sex no. or anal sex? Yeah. He's like, oh, that makes sense. And then I said, I don't think anybody's doing And that. even if it were like, let's say a straight man that doesn't do any type of pegging nothing, he only like fucks women in the ass. It's like... Right. You just don't know. Yeah, you don't and, know. Right. And so I Googled around. I looked around who's doing this. And mm-hmm. the reality is that nobody was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody was doing it the right way. Aesthetically, non-judgmental, mm-hmm. understanding that people do care how it looks. Also, your office is like really beautiful. Oh, thank it's you, like thank modern. You. It's beautiful. It's in the East Village. Like it's very like... Um, it has beautiful art. It's very like... It feels... I don't feel like it's very different than being at a gynecologist. I'll tell you that. Right. The sterile, the sterile environment. You know, I think I approached it after being in sterile environments Mm -hmm. where I said, all right, how do you take a taboo subject Mm -hmm. and make it as non-judgmental as possible? Mm -hmm. And also that we can talk about sex in any capacity in a professional way Mm -hmm. and then just help people. Mm -hmm. And so one of the first things, because I pioneered the surgical techniques, I had to first see like, well, how does it heal? How Mm -hmm. do I get people? back to bottoming and where what's the protocols to Mm -hmm. develop and so it took time for me to say all right i think this is how we need to roll so you're almost like i bet a lot of stuff that you do is self-taught it's all self-taught it's kind of crazy so like what when you go to medical school like what do you (laughs) what do you learn what do you study (laughs) i mean (laughs) you study everything that i'm actually not doing So if you want to be an anal surgeon, specifically in the, in the anal community. You learn all about the heart. <laughs> yes, exactly. You learn about the heart. Um, no, you know, I, I started to realize when looking at from an anatomical perspective mm-hmm. where the forces are. And I started to say, okay, well, if you're having sex in this position, mm-hmm. all right, why is this hurting mm-hmm. someone? Or why is this more pleasurable as a first kind of position to be in? And then I said, oh, it makes sense, right? And I started to see people over and over with trauma and injury. And then I started to take a step back and I said, okay, how do you analyze the way people engage? And not only engage, like how do people actually prepare for sex, Mm -hmm. right? And that preparation is key to understanding, okay, then how do we get into the next phase? It's like more than half of it, I think. Totally. So actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about preparation because I think one probably the thing I get asked about most in regards to anal is the prep like more even more than the sex which obviously I want to talk about too but like even more than that is the prep so as I said I've been like giving all this wrong information so I thought it would be cool if like maybe 
I'll tell you how I prep. Yeah, do it up. And then I think you should tell me how I really should prep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like literally, I'm going to look at this thing I have written up because I, I give all these like anal classes and stuff and it's it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, okay. So, so my prep involves like way before I'm even like prepping for the actual sex itself. I take something called psyllium husk. Mm-hmm. I also take pure for men. Mm-hmm. They also make pure for her, but like... I don't know why. I, I just like the men one. Um, I So what psyllium husk is like for me, it kind of like goes through my system. It makes every, it solidifies mm-hmm. everything so that I don't have like that, I guess you could say brown water. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do end up like douching too much or whatever. Um, so I take that and then I'll take that for like, um, if it's the pills, I'm kind of just like popping them whenever. And if it's the... <laughs> You're already like, um, and then if it's like the powder that you mix in the water, I'll do it for like three days straight before, you know, I have an anal scene, I guess for porn. Um, and then I do like a really extensive enema the day before. What do you use for the enema? Just regular water, Mm -hmm. which I know is bad. Um, I actually know this is really like, this will show you how irresponsible I am. But like, I know people who've gone to the hospital for, because, you know, they're douching with or enemaing with um, tap water. Sure. And like, you know, like, um, I love the shower one, the shower attachment, which is like, literally, you screw this thing onto your shower. <laughs> and it just... It's um, like a garden hose, It's baby. a garden hose into your asshole. And you just have to know when to stop it. Um, or turn off the water. Um, I also know people who've gone to the hospital for that. The reason I use that is because I've been doing this so long that I, I have a good sense of like when my stomach's full, like what's too much water, wh- when to stop. But I also know that one's bad. Um, or I'll also use like the bag, the mm-hmm. gallon bag mm-hmm. of enema water. Um, but the reason I do it the day before is because... Um, I, I find that like right before anal sex, if I use too much water, it's like doing the exact opposite of what I'm trying to do. And I'm basically giving myself diarrhea and it's like a guaranteed mess. Um, so it's kind of like this balancing act that I've found that if I do it the day before, it works better. Um, and then I'll put some like oil on my asshole pretty much all the time just to keep it kind of like moisturized and flexible, just like the rest of my skin everywhere else on my body. Um, and, or, or using chapstick, I guess it's like using mm-hmm. chapstick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then right before the scene, I'll do a quick rinse, but I don't use the solution in the enema ever again, tap water, <laughs> um, which I know I shouldn't use. Um, and then I hope for the best. And then you hope for the best and, <laughs> and then bottoms up. And then bottoms up. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you hit on a lot of different good things and you're not okay. completely, mm-hmm. um, uh, out of, out of left field. Okay. I think... Pure for men, some of these uh, take twos, a lot of the fiber supplementation and psyllium husk, I think are really, really great. Okay. Um, I really do. I think that a lot of people think that you just douche and clean yourself out that way, but it's so multifactorial that you have to exercise and diet. And then using these fiber supplementations, you have to kind of figure out what works best for you. Mm -hmm. If you're not drinking enough water with that, it'll become really too solidified. Mm -hmm. And then you may get constipation and becomes a huger issue, right? So I think you have to kind of really start that. Now, I like some people doing the fiber supplementation daily, 
mm-hmm. so that they're on it and consistent. And then let's say for a scene or you know you're bottoming, mm-hmm. that you can kind of double up or increase that a little bit just to get things solidified and where you want it to. Yeah, like I've noticed the the daily fiber is great like for like if I'm in a relationship because yeah. then I'm like ready to go whenever. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but also I think some of the stuff with traveling, a lot of people have issues with traveling in planes and mm-hmm. all that. And so you can, you should be on something like this and then double up before you get onto a plane so that oh. when you get to wherever you're landing, you're kind of ready to rock and roll and get back into a rhythm. So it's not only from a bottoming perspective. Right. But, but for I think... For everyone. Yes, for everybody. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't even know those were for other people. Exactly. So, and I think from a douche perspective you know i see so many people with std risks and std issues and hiv transmissions and i'm not 100 percent sure it's actually from the act of anal sex i think it's all from the preparation what and when you look at preparing and you look at douching that was what launched my current product line called future method um and i started to see people using water Mm -hmm. or enemas or a shower hose. And mm-hmm. I, you could see, when I look in the ass, you could see the irritation <gasps> and the inflammation and the issues that are happening. Specifically in the gay community, people are getting these non-resist, you know, resist, they're, they're um, HPV mm-hmm, anal mm-hmm. warts that are coming from it. Or like the, the quote-unquote super gonorrhea. The, correct, mm-hmm. and they're irritated and the STDs are there. And then I started to analyze and I said, all right, well, what are you using? Like water. And I'm like, okay, let's look into that. Mm-hmm. And if you think of water on one side of the spectrum and then you think of enemas on the other side, the reality is that they're both traumatic to the cells. By the way, enemas are usually filled with either saline or is it mineral oil? Yeah, it's, it's all, there's a couple of them. Some of the mm-hmm. like pegged oils that mm-hmm. are that are really for constipation, mm-hmm. not for just kind of gentle cleansing anal world, right? right? And so what happens is, is that the body's pretty smart. It has a lining to it, right? And what happens is when you're using water is you're basically washing that lining away. <gasps> Wait, hold on. I think I know what the lining looks like. Wait, <laughs> you is see it, it white? It is. I'm not joking But the you. thing is, is that it, the white lining is also a reaction to your body saying, I don't have a lining and how do I... Re, you know, recreate that. Some people find that as like anal coming, right? Like in in my world, people love that. They're like so turned what? on by like you know they feel like the, the that they're making someone's ass come, and they're like yeah. this is the greatest thing in the world. Well, it's probably an STD. Oh. <laughs> it, it possibly is. So like you know, yeah, you could love it, but make sure you get checked. Yeah. But it is also from overdouching. You see it a lot. Well, I always know. First of all, I don't do this level of extensive douching anymore. Like now that most of my anal sex is just at home or like when I am shooting, it's like amateur style. It's not like, you know, like it's not like in a studio with bright lights. Um, But I used to think like that the sign of being done enemying was when I got the white thing. The white stuff. I know. It's just purely a reaction. And so what happens is actually my body like. Yeah trying desperately trying to create a lining totally and that was Mm. when i said all right well if water's no good and we're having issues and if enemas are no good how do we create something for communities that supports the engagement because at the end of the day even if you're super clean without douching mentally Mm -hmm. 99.9% of the people are still going to douche because they're so afraid of the stigma and they're like, I want to feel sexy and super clean. So how do we develop something that is going to support our communities, 
but also be safe. And mm-hmm. that was what spawned Future Method. And okay. it's awesome because not only that product, we're obviously going into many different products, mm-hmm. but thinking about sex in a completely different way, which is how do we look at communities? How do we see how people are engaging? And then how do we make sure we create products to support that in a okay. safe way? And and so the products you have now with Future Method is, or your product, I should say, is it's a douche. It is. The, it's, a, it's an anal solution that is in that middle. Remember we said water's on one side mm-hmm. of the spectrum and the enemas are on the other side? In the middle is what's called isotonic. Okay. And isotonic means I'm gonna, the, the solution is going to come into contact with a cell, but it's not going to irritate the cell. You're just going to clean it and the cell stays exactly the way it should. Whereas if water comes into contact with it, what happens is the cell actually dies because it takes all of the nutrients out of the cell and then the cell becomes like a raisin and then all of a sudden and, and that's then it's why more you say, susceptible exactly to exactly and now you're set up and the problem that i have is that people don't feel it mm-hmm. right so you wouldn't know that you're mm-hmm. stripping the lining i think that's like actually a huge problem and and people don't know that you know they should get tested orally vaginally and anally totally it's um, always like a you know it's always either like your penis or your vagina and your blood. Right. And, and most it. people, and I see, but tons, no mouth. And I see tons no. of people coming from really, really prominent physicians mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh yeah, I did STD screening. And I'm like, what'd you do? And they're like, Oh, just a blood test. And you're like, hold on mm-hmm, a second. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we are anal, oral, vaginal and penile creatures. That's where it's going to start first. Mm-hmm. So you really need to make sure that you're checking every place that we're engaging. And when, when you, okay. So with that, douche like do you when do you do it and like how it really depends on on, it depends on where you're at look from a fisting perspective or huge toys yes this solution is great and we're getting into a lot of other situations but i could understand why people want to use those hoses right because they want to go further up like deep in correct Mm -hmm. the problem with hoses is that a lot of them you can't control the flow Mm -hmm. some you can some you can't also, people don't know, they're not as expert as you to know when enough is enough. I, I would never recommend that to yeah, someone. Because like what a friend, happens is I would never recommend you, that to. If you too. fill up the balloon, yeah. what happens is, is that if you look at douching, not only are people using the wrong solution, people are using the wrong methods. Mm-hmm. And if you think of a balloon, what's happening is you're putting way too much volume mm-hmm. and you're stretching inside mm-hmm. way too much. And so it leads to cell cracking, cell death. Also, sometimes you can get what's called rectal prolapse, which the muscles that are in there become so stretched that they don't go back to being normal. I have so many prolapse questions, but I'm going to save them for next <laughs> so we can like stay on topic because I have so many prolapse questions. Um, but So for general douching, mm-hmm. for people that are just getting into anal play, general cock or little or toys, they, the reality is, is that nine times out of ten, if you're shitting normally, mm-hmm. you're going to be totally clean. And so the reality is, yeah. is that how do we now satisfy the psyche of all of us? Mm-hmm. And that is with a volume of a solution that's not going to be harmful, mm-hmm. but then also less. Less is more. The problem is if you overdouche, mm-hmm. you're now getting beyond 
where cock is actually going to go and stool is going to be there. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, I see a lot, especially in my community, is they're like, you know, I, I, I rinsed twice and the second one was so clean, but I wanted to do an extra one. Aww. And then I did and then I did the third one. Aww. And then, oh my God, I see shit oh coming my out my ass. Well, it's because it went too far. That is, I can't even tell right? you the, the moments of panic I've had on set in a bathroom. Like, no, I was good, but like I wanted that little extra I and I fucked it because all up. Because what happens it's is It's like that, that quote, like, what is it? Perfection is the enemy <laughs> yes, of great. Of great. Good. <laughs> yeah. And that's right. And what happens is, is that it goes beyond where you're actually going to engage mm -hmm. and there is going to be shit there mm -hmm. and so the reality is that now you've kind of knocked into that mm -hmm. and and also you create that reflex the reflex is is that the body's not stupid if it feels like it's full mm -hmm. it's gonna create a shitting mechanism and it's mm -hmm. gonna move the bowels down that's what it's for that's exactly what it's for it's why you see a lot of people like especially young kids like babies once they eat they shit yes it's a reflex right it's the same thing if you're now sticking up solution after solution after solution your body's gonna sense that distension and be like oh there's stool there let's kick it in gear and which then you're is not actually dirty. what the enema is for to begin with right and so with for constipation. constipation not for where we are <laughs> right and so you know when people always used to ask me well what huh. do you recommend for douching i would always say you know look we got we have nothing that's out there so mm -hmm. let's yes let's use what you have but less volumes less times now, what is less volume like how much how many ounces? Yeah, so a lot of people have those huge bulbs. Yeah. And the reality is is that if you look at what Future Method and what we're trying to teach everybody is it's basically like a 50 milliliter bulb, which is small, okay? okay. And we want you to use that about two to three times. What is 50 milliliter? Is that like a cup? It's like... It's it's like a like the palm of a hand. Yeah, a okay. little bit more than that, and, okay. and I could show so you, and much. then you. So it's not much at all. Um, but if you think of like a, a Poland spring bottle, uh -huh. okay, the Poland spring is about I think it's it's five hundred milliliters. Okay, so you can oh. imagine it's not. We're not talking about an awful lot. Wow. Because the reality is is that if you're eating the right way and you're using the right fiber supplementation, this should be thought of as a gentle rinse. Right. right. That's what it should be. Like cleaning be. the surface. Totally. And uh, there are definitely people that are listening to this that are like, there's no way, man. There's no well, way you're going to no, be able to do it. It's really interesting what you said earlier that nine times out of 10, you're clean. Like they're, you're not going to shit on someone. And like, honestly, I agree with that. It's just that the risk of that one out of 10 is so like uncomfortable to right. me that I would rather just douche every time. A hundred percent. And so if we're going to douche, then the question is, how do we now mm. understand the physiology and understand that which solutions are the best for you and then tailor it. Now, there are definitely people that don't want to change their volume, but want to use a future method solution because mm -hmm. they're, they understand the, the health benefits from that. Right. right. But with that said, it's trying for people to understand all of those dis different mechanisms. Less is more and i tell people prove it to yourself after you use the, the the volumes right after you're cleaning out use toys pull the toy out look at things play with things yeah. get yourself into a rhythm if you're douching for an hour which i hear so many people mm -hmm. doing you are not doing the right thing you're yeah. causing so much harm or 
if if you need to douche for an hour, that day is not for exactly, anal. Exactly, hundred percent. Absolutely. Like, you say thank I you ate very the wrong much. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> we can try again tomorrow, but this day's a wash. Right, and I think then you have to look at what are you eating, mm-hmm. what fiber supplementation, how much water, and try and get yourself into a really good GI mm-hmm. rhythm. Because people say to me, "Oh, the the douching doesn't work for me." Well. The reality is that I think it, it has to be so many other factors mm-hmm. that come into it and then you need to figure out what works best for you. Yeah, it's probably not like, I would imagine it's not like a one size fits all because even within porn, like we have, like for example, I like to eat right up until the scene and I'm fine, but I also see people who like to cut off eating a few hours prior, even up to like 24 hours Yeah, prior. and you have to see what um, your motility is. Yeah, like some people can't eat Indian food. Right. Some people can, like it's, you know, it's um, it, it's a, It's a whole different scene with it so i mean i think the key is from a douching perspective is you know find the right solution make sure you understand the anatomy less is more Mm -hmm. and then really start to analyze the way your body handles all of this Mm -hmm. so that you can create your own routine and then go from there I feel pretty good right now that like I wasn't too far no, off. No, 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 no. But you know, you weren't <laughs> off. You weren't too far off because unfortunately there was nothing out there, and yeah, people aren't talking about it. Can, it's weird because um, everything is Googleable now. This is not that Googleable, especially because a lot of the wrong information comes up, totally. including my own information. Yeah, but I think <laughs> but that. Like, <laughs> but this is what's so important, and, and I thank you so much for having me on the on the show because. When you look at the society, mm-hmm. society looks to porn and to you mm-hmm. for answers. And and they don't even know that I actually mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when you look at, and it's so interesting because I say to people all the time, nowadays in 2019, credibility is how many followers you have. Mm-hmm. Instead of understanding the science and the rationale behind mm-hmm. what we're doing. And mm-hmm. so I think collaborating with a lot of porn stars and a lot of drag and kind of people that are engaging this way mm-hmm. is so important for our community because mm-hmm. I can now say, hey, all right, you know what? You've been doing this. Great. This is right. This is right. Mm-hmm. This is wrong. And how do we now educate everybody that's listening to this mm-hmm. so that everybody can start doing the, the proper engagements? Yeah, I think porn is at the point. Well, maybe I mean, I, I shouldn't speak for like everyone, but like personally, you know, I, I've been in porn for over a decade now and I'm at the point where like I used to be like, you know what? Like, I don't care that these kids are looking at me to learn about sex. Like, that's not what I signed up for. I wanted to be a porn star. But at the same time, like now as a woman, as an adult, I'm starting to realize like there is literally nowhere for kids to get sex ed. Of course, they're getting it at porn. Totally. It's the most accessible. It's the first place they're even hearing about sex all different kinds of sex like i think not that i think we should all have feel this responsibility but i kind of like i do feel a little bit more responsible yeah and i think that that's so awesome and obviously everybody appreciates that i mean i think the education behind all of this is really really important Mm -hmm. um and however we can channel that i think Mm -hmm. from bespoke and future method we're creating curriculums on Mm -hmm. future method with a lot of really great providers of figuring out okay how do we use the mental the psychosocial and the physical physicians Mm -hmm. to now put together curriculums that can go into high schools that Mm -hmm. can go into colleges and educate people because if you're coming out or you're saying hey you know i'm straight but i want to engage anally and Mm -hmm. all this stuff I find now the popular press is finally talking Mm -hmm. about anal. More so, not the gay sex, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to kind of push that into Mm -hmm. the world. But straight anal sex, especially Mm -hmm. in women magazines from Vogue Mm -hmm. um, all the way to, you know, Mel and all these great magazines. Mm -hmm. 
everybody's talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I think now is the time for people like you and I to really say, okay, great. Well, how do we now really build that credibility and also the scientific you know, stance behind yeah. how we're actually doing things, which Anal's is awesome. Anal's come a long way. Yeah. For sure. Even within porn, like it used to be like, like, oh, if you do anal, you're like a, like a lower tier porn star. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, now it's like, if you don't do anal, you're like, Everybody's nobody even knows anal. your name. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so now I want to kind of compare like notes on having the actual anal sex. Yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, I guess the first thing I said was it should hurt or not it should hurt. It will hurt the first 20 times. You said no. It, it should just be hurt. uncomfortable. Correct. Or, well, I think it's just that the beginning times are just a different sensation. Mm -hmm. And I think that you'll learn the difference between discomfort versus pain. And I mm -hmm. usually tell you, I don't want anyone to have pain. Mm -hmm. I think the realistic picture is that one, if you are, let's say first you're having pain just from shitting, mm -hmm. right? Something anatomically may be wrong. Wait, I wanted to ask that yeah. actually. How come, I mean, aside from those special cases, like when something is wrong with your asshole and it does hurt to shit, how come pooping doesn't hurt, but anal sex like the first time you have anal sex is so uncomfortable. Like why? It's just because of the mechanism of relaxation, right? So the reflex of shitting is that you finally are, you open up to fully, fully release. But okay. what happens is, is that when you're trying to go the other way, your muscles clamp down. So it's mental. It's, me it's super, well, it's mental and physical because the muscles are reacting. But I mean, right? like the mental is, is causing the physical. A combination of both. Because there okay. are some people that mentally are like, I'm open, <laughs> but yet physically, <laughs> like, no, they you're are not, no, you're not, you are. <laughs> Not, you're not. So I think it's a combination of both. Okay. But I think that if you're having defecation issues, mm -hmm. then you should see somebody to get fully evaluated before you even engage. Okay. And I honestly think that if you have the the you know the time, you should probably see someone like me or someone to talk about things before you get into anal. Mm -hmm. So we make sure that you're actually doing, doing all the right. right things. And also, I, a good physical exam and looking internally, understanding the muscle, I could really understand like, well, how are we better approaching your anal world? One, where do you want to go? Is mm -hmm. it your boyfriend's small cock? Mm -hmm. Or is it a huge dildo, you know, that you mm -hmm. saw that's like, you know, a tomahawk, right? Mm -hmm. um, or are you into fisting? What are you, where do you want to go with this? And then how do we make sure that the skin, the muscle, and the anal is now in a good program to get you there? So do you recommend like something like a... I remember when I first started doing anal using like a dilator kit. Mm -hmm. they, there used to be these kits called Clistra. I, I don't think they exist anymore because I looked for it online like a year or so ago. And but similar type but of stuff. But now they're everywhere. Exactly. And I think it's three to four different anal dilators. Mm -hmm. It's um, like a butt plug if it weren't tapered at the bottom. Yes. It's like a traffic cone. Right? Yes. I mean, it's basically what it is. It's yeah. like sitting on a traffic yeah. cone. Um, and they're very small traffic cones. Yeah. And then it goes bigger and bigger. <laughs> With that said, the toys are really great. And I think the best thing for you to do is like right before you get in the shower, turn the shower on, chill out, make music and try and relax. And what you'll do is you'll just start with the small toy, mm -hmm. a lot of lube. Mm -hmm. And you may not get anywhere close to being in, but mm -hmm. it's kind of listening to your body of like, okay, how do I go in a little bit? Hold it there. Mm -hmm. Come back out. There's three sets of muscles in everyone's ass. And so each of those muscles need time three? to relax. There's three. I thought there was two. There's three. There, this, the one that you think is two is actually 
the one that the second one that you think is there is actually two because like i'm thinking there's the the obvious outer ring Correct. like the one that everyone sees Correct. if i mean if you're me everyone sees and then like you about maybe it feels like maybe an inch further than uh -huh. that there's like a second Correct. A uh, gate. The second hole. <laughs> yeah. The second hole. That second hole is actually, there's two muscles in there. Okay. There's one that you see, and then there's a sling behind it. Okay. Um, and so those are the three sets. And so what happens is that when you're pushing in, you're going to hit the first set. Hold it there. Relax. Let the first set of muscles just chill out. Yes. Come back out. Relubricate. Go in again slowly hold it there and you'll see that like each time that you're going in you'll go a little bit further getting those muscles to fully relax i i always think like even like if i'm like having anal sex with like my husband like even now um like if he puts in like just the head if we just like chill there for like a minute before i know it like the whole thing like even if like i'm not even thinking about sex or whatever like if he just sits there like somehow eventually it's it, past the it, second it, it, or it'll the third open hole. Up. It'll open up. Now, I love lube shooters. Do you ever use those? Those are like those. Is it like a turkey baster? <laughs> it's kind of like a turkey baster that puts the lube up higher. Oh. Um, and it's like comes on a syringe. And it's basically, there's like a little connection, a little catheter. And what you do is you put it in your ass and you squeeze. So it gets the entire canal lubricated. Because what I find is that oh, a lot of it is not necessarily that your muscle can't relax. It's that it's hitting the friction of just a dry space and that brings us back to the douching the over douching the wrong solution yeah. creates dryness so what happens is, is that if it's not lubricated it ain't going to go in with the way you want it to and that's where you get tearing and issues so when you're using these toys if you're constantly re-lubricating and thinking about okay the first time i'm going in mm -hmm. great it's lubricated come back out re-lubricate go back in i'm lubricating the canal in so a really stepwise this fashion is another question i guess asked all the time what kind of lube do you like i'll go first yeah you do because it. it's I know probably what, i know what you like <laughs> <laughs> um i so i i definitely i'm actually a fan of spit and i know you said i've heard you say don't do that but i i just like well it. you're an expert you could do spit <laughs> Um, and it's like that thick blowjob spit. I like that a lot. And the reason I like spit though, isn't necessarily because I'm like, oh, my spit's so good. It's that I hate lube so much. Um, especially like water-based lube, which is, I would say most of the time what's available, like on a set or at someone's house, whatever. Like, I feel like people just really gravitate toward water lube for some, based lube for some reason. And I hate it because it, it's so sticky. Um, and then like silicone lube is a little bit better for me. Um, but I've also found that like cheap silicone lube will like really burn my asshole. Mm -hmm. um, and then so it's like hard to find one I like. And then I also like I mentioned to you that that horse lube that I found Was on it Amazon. J lube. J lube. J oh, so you knew. <laughs> yeah. So J lube. But the problem with J lube is like. So it's a powder that you have to mix with warm water. And then like if you read the reviews, like a lot of people are like, oh, put it through a blender first so it doesn't get lumpy. And it's just awkward. It's not like it's, yeah, it's not, not like, like pre-mix and it's not like, oh, hey, just throw it on yeah, there and go do your like, thing. Like there's nothing You're a scientist. <laughs> yeah. And like, of course, I'm using like the ugliest bowl from my kitchen. And like, <laughs> you know, now I have to be careful because my hands are so slippery. It's, it's just not you don't want to get it on your sheets because it'll never come out unless you do the laundry like it's just 
it's it's um very involved so all that but that being said i love that lube um so with all that what kind of lube do you recommend situational you know if you're using toys you got to make sure that you're using toy compatible so um a lot of people like the water-based and i like the water-based for toys okay because i think one it's so easy to wash off it doesn't stain you're Mm -hmm. able to do your stuff and i think it lubricates the toys just enough Mm -hmm. also if you're using certain silicone toys with silicone lube it breaks um, the toy down down over time Mm -hmm. and causes that some people don't like silicone just because it has a little bit of uh, you know some bad press behind it mm-hmm. um, but the reality is that from an anal perspective silicone is really actually quite good mm-hmm. when you look at most water-based lubes um, they are similar to water for the douche they cause problems and They're a lot made of with it, tap water well it, it's water <laughs> um, and what happens is the same understanding is that they irritate the cells both vaginally and anally and so there are a couple of lubricants, and we're coming out with one that I'm super, super excited uh-huh. about, that is a water-based lubricant, but that has the properties to now not cause that irritation. So oh. if you are having an appropriate solution from a douche perspective, mm-hmm. now you're using an appropriate lube, the thought is how do we diminish STDs and HIV mm-hmm. risk, and how do we mm-hmm. just promote good anal health, mm-hmm. right? With that said, in the gay community and in the anal world, I think everyone loves silicone. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. get the lubricity of silicone in anything else other than mm-hmm. your your J-lube. the J lube, the, J-lube. the horse lube. Um, you know, but it really depends on you. And like, you may find that one brand of silicone versus another is totally different, and mm-hmm. one may irritate you, and one may not. Um, I think. Sticking with water-based for toys is probably a really good thing. Mm-hmm. And then deciding from there whether or not you, you like that particular lube and that you can gain it, go into anal with that, it really kind of depends. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I've so also personal. No- I've also noticed like a lot of lubes really burn. Like a, like the second you get even like the tiniest hair, like lube really burns. Totally, totally, like totally. It's- and, you know, especially with silicone, it's so hard to wash off. Mm-hmm. Um, you're showering forever mm-hmm. you're using a ridiculous amount of scrubbing sheets are ruined it just becomes obviously you know a, yeah. a, a chore yeah. right um, and so but with that said it's now trying to find the balance in your world of what works for you what do you recommend for like aftercare like if anything like yeah. it's I, like I usually put like I'll put like any kind of oil or salve or like like literally anything i'll put on my asshole like after just to like kind of keep it like i don't know i just feel like that's what i should be doing so i I like these suppositories they're called calmol 4 c-a-l-m-o-l the number four okay and it's basically cocoa butter okay and so they come in these little suppositories little bullets and you put them in after and what it does is it doesn't make you shit or anything like that but it just coats the lining with cocoa butter so that when you go to the bathroom the next day, that night, when you're sleeping, it kind of coats it and soothes everything oh, in that region. So Where, I like that. Okay. Over the counter. Oh, okay. You can get them online. What is it for? What's its it, real? It, it's it's really for anal trauma. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, I use it a lot for fissures, okay. et cetera. So that's really great. Even like the Preparation H stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially with aloe or vitamin E. Mm-hmm. Some people like the coconut oils or anything to kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. You just got to be careful because that's like where the sun doesn't shine. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times moisture can lead oh, to... interesting, like a yeast infection. Correct, and also bacteria. You know, when you're having anal um, and there's irritation, some people can get significant amount of, of uh, bacterial problems. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a lot of people use wet wipes. We speak about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Wet wipes are terrible. Uh, 
That's that is one thing I have been such a huge advocate of. It's terrible that they're but allowed like, to sell I'm this pro, shit. I'm, I've been pro baby wipes, but now I'm hearing so much stuff that it's horrible for you. Like even, you know, Tushy, like their number one thing is like, don't use baby wipes. It's so bad for you. Use a bidet. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, the reality is when you look at those wipes, regardless of if they say alcohol free or whatnot, you're literally wiping off your normal bacteria. So and what so, are you supposed to do? Okay. For example, I have a some seven month old baby. So babies, for some reason, are pretty decent. But if you know, because their skin is a different texture. Can I tell you something? His asshole, like, not to, like, put my baby on blast (laughs) before he can even speak. His asshole is wrinkle free. (laughs) It looks like a peach. It's perfect. It's so cute. But, But when you're using baby wipes for the kids, actually... The majority are okay, but you'll okay. see every once in a while. You see kids that um, they mother and father wipe their face with baby yes. wipes, and it's like red and irritated. Yeah. Well, that's what happens to the asshole. And if you think about oh. kids, in like by 16 to 18 months, most kids, when you're using wet wipes, will start to get irritation oh. from it. And it's because that's what happens. It, you, you develop this sensitivity uh-huh. to using it. And then you start getting worse rashes. People are using this for like diaper rash. And yeah. it's like, and it just, it's actually making things worse. The body has good bacteria and it has bad bacteria, but it creates homeostasis, which means that it's in balance. Mm-hmm. So now if you're using a wet wipe, you're literally wiping off all the protection that's there. And then now fungus develops, warts can develop. I see tons of kids coming so to me. So what are you supposed to do? Just So the best is, it? yeah, I think the best is soap and water. Uh-huh. If you're at home and you're using, uh, you know, you're able to pop in the shower or the bath, do mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we talk a lot about tushy and mm-hmm. all the bidet companies i think that those are really great mm-hmm. i understand why you're using a wipe mm-hmm. um, if you're out and about and you're like shit you know i'm fucking mm-hmm, really mm-hmm, dirty mm-hmm. and i need to use it i mean I'm not saying don't use it but i think the reality is that when you're at a place that you're secure and ready to rock and roll don't make it your default don't make it the default because you're just going to wind up having problems interesting now can we get into prolapse yeah let's talk about <laughs> prolapse so do you see a lot of prolapsing i do okay and like okay in the porn community we're we're really divided actually because on one hand there's people who are like i absolutely am so terrified of prolapsing i hope it never happens to me and then on the other end is like i want to learn how to prolapse because that's an extra paycheck yes um you know all the prolapse fetish there's a high demand low supply totally um is it like that in the gay community very much so Totally. Um, I think people either love it mm-hmm. or they hate it. Okay. Right? And so, you know... So do you have more clients who are trying to prolapse or are they trying to fix their prolapse? It's a combination of both. I think some people are... You know, I see a lot of people coming to me where they love their prolapse, but there's one portion of the prolapse that is causing them problems. And how can I take care of that one? Like, how do I get rid of this hemorrhoid while keeping my prolapse? Exactly. And so, so what? How how does a prolapse happen? So, overdouching, bigger toys. You know, think about the rectum is a muscle, Mm -hmm. right? And so, if you stretch the muscle 
constantly beyond its capacity, it's not going to be able to go back to its original form. So if you're using shower hoses and you're doing too much dilating and stretching, if with huge toys and fists, what happens is over time, that muscle becomes loose. And so the support system of keeping everything in nice and tight Mm -hmm. is now altered. Is it possible to have extreme anal sex for a lifetime and not prolapse? Yes. And I think that that's where a lot of understanding the right way to engage and using the right products and using the right support and having great people to support you. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's also doing days of therapy on your own ass and your own asshole. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you know, like if you and I are going to the gym, one day we're doing biceps and the other day we're doing triceps. Mm -hmm. Well, we're doing that because one day we want to really engage the bicep and the next day you want to stretch the bicep Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with the ass if you look at the ass 99.9 percent of the time the asshole is really tight it's like right closed it's closed right when you're ready to fully open great you're able to receive but now if you're taking big toys or it's getting looser how do we now rebuild that muscle and so putting in a small toy, doing Kegels, really squeezing oh. around the toys, holding it for like three to five like strength seconds. Exercises. Strength exercise. The same thing. It's just a muscle. So how do we work when you're at the gym and you're doing squats? Think if there's a small toy in your ass, how can you squeeze that toy and hold on to it? Now, there are some people, like I see a lot of weightlifters coming to me because their assholes are way too tight. Because they build, because they built so much muscle by doing too much squats, right? Deadlifts, you know, all those kettlebells. I know a guy who would love to bottom but can't because he says his asshole's too tight. And let me tell you, he's a total gym rat. Totally. I and bet that's he's working. The reason. Because what happens is that those guys, they don't know how to isolate their glute from their asshole. Their entire pelvis is involved in that exercise. Mm. So what happens is if you're going to be building your ass muscle, your your glute muscle, your butt, your asshole is going to get muscle too. And so mm. what happens is it becomes it becomes too much muscle. So going back to the prolapse, it's if you want to engage in those you know activities, awesome, let's do it. But on the days that you're not engaging in those activities, you now need to do something that's going to counterbalance that to keep that tightness that's there. And remember, I had you sit on that Mcella. Yeah. So we just got it in this office. Okay. So like, for anyone listening that doesn't know what that is, which is probably all of you, it's this chair that you sit on. It's really crazy like it it, yeah it's basically a it's it's a magnetic device that sends magnetic imaging um directly up into your ass you could choose it a lot of people use it for urinary issues vaginal issues for vaginal looseness feel it yeah it contracts the muscle and it sends these rays wherever you want it kind of good it feels i have to say interesting I think it, at first it feels interesting. And because of that, you're like, eh, I don't know. But like once you're over that, you're like, oh, it feels kind of good. It does. And it pulls in and it's tight. The nice thing is that it's like doing 20,000 Kegels in 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to the M sculpt. You know, a lot of the people are putting those on like your abdomen and mm-hmm. it like creates mm-hmm. that core and it really the contractions. Gives you the contractions. And- Same exact thing. And, and that makes your asshole tight so for people that are having some prolapse Mm -hmm. or for people that some people their partners aren't getting off or they don't sexually get stimulated because it's too loose Mm -hmm. that you now can start to stimulate that muscle growth to really rebuild that and pull that in 
Oh, very interesting. Okay, so like what if you want to prolapse? How do you make that happen? So what, let's just define two things of prolapse. Okay. Some people think that if you bud out, that those hemorrhoids that get filled with fluid, you know, with blood, that that is what's considered prolapsing. So there's two elements. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, like like on Google, if you look up prolapse, a lot of that comes up. Yes. And like it so, looks kind of gross, actually. So it's like grapes, like yeah, all yeah, around. Yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Whereas like true prolapsing is more like... Like um, the inner, the entire like inner colon. Like the rose colon. bud. Yes, fully, fully comes yeah. out, right? Okay. The sock. Exactly. <laughs> now, that's takes practice and some people it just happens just from bottoming uh-huh. um, and engaging um, and others are engaging it really forcing that so they squeeze it out to squeeze it out push it out correct now I have some clients that are doing that in their 20s and when you create that that early on in your bottoming career at some point you're gonna need surgery well I know people in their I know I know and, people and the who are like in their up. teens you, you can't you're not going to be able to engage the way that you want to if you're having surgery. Mm-hmm. I have people flying all over to come and see me because they've had surgery because of that and they can't engage anally mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a fine balance between doing it. Mm-hmm. Do I think that people should forcefully prolapse themselves? No, I don't. <laughs> From a medical standpoint. There's nothing good about it. But I understand. I mean, it's good for them and they want to get off on what, that what way. What do you think? Like, what's why personally i'm not like necessarily attracted to it it doesn't really gross me out like all can you prolapse i cannot okay um i cannot but i've done scenes with um people who can and like i can get into it like in the moment you know what i mean but it's not necessarily like my thing yeah what is that like why what at what point in your life what happened or like not what happened in a bad way but like how does someone become obsessed with that? Yeah, I mean, I think again, it's it's these fetishes that we as animals just kind of have, where it's something that just gets you off. I think you see a lot of people that it looks like it's coming, right, and like looks mm. like you know, and all that's that mucus, and they're mm-hmm. real, and it's so inflamed and irritated. But it also it stimulates them, and a lot of people they they were just engaging anally, and then anal stopped being as stimulating to them mm-hmm. where now they're like okay well what else can i do to get that sensation because mm. it's also the feeling of that the blood is oh, rushing of the, there, prolapser. Of the prolapser yeah oh. so it's a combination of both yeah. you know i'm all, unfortunately i'm always looking at the guy that's receiving or the girl that's <laughs> receiving in my mind that's my only thought process is, uh, is him or her um so but is is the prolapser is is also in that in, right. in such a really great way. Oh, interesting. Um, and also it feels, um, when we were growing up, you know those like, they're not slinkies, but you would like squeeze it and it's like full of fluid and it yeah. just feels really good. I think kids right? still play with those, yeah. But that's what that it's feels satisfying. like. That like, you know, Ooh, sensation. It's like visual ASMR. Exactly, <laughs> So, you know, to uh, each his own, yeah, to each I his own. I just I think it's a lot of like, complications. I think a lot of people like when there's proof of someone being turned on. It's kind of like what you said when it looks like it's coming or whatever. I think it's the same idea with squirting. Because like for me personally, like squirting does nothing for me. Like I'll look down and it's happening. Maybe it's pee. It doesn't coincide with coming. But I can see why it turns people on because it's like, oh, this is like 
they see it a, as like a visual proof that or you're, or maybe a victory a victory a victory right where so maybe a prolapse w- is a victory right where like this is what i did mm-hmm. you know on both sides even the the doer and mm-hmm. right and and it's a, a matter of you're right something visual that people see and that in and of itself is like Oh, wow, this is great. Like I made him prolapse yeah. or like I caused yeah. this. And then it's like, you know, it's also taboo. That, right? That's true. You're Taboo's right. And people are into that. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. What do you think is like in your mind? Is there s- such a thing as a perfect butthole or is that like in the eye of the beholder? It's in the eye of the beholder, but I certainly like certain assholes <laughs> yeah. versus I mean, you, others. As a beholder, yeah. Um, like, what kind of assholes do you think are attractive? Well, I'm such a rice queen, so I am so into Asian boys. It's unbelievable, um, and so I have the total Asian bug. So, um, because of because so an Asian asshole, an Asian asshole, <laughs> yes. So I would fit there. Yes, I mean, you, you do fit there. That is that's one of the reasons like, why you're sitting across. Um, no, I mean, I think that for me, it's hairless. For me, it's smooth. For mm-hmm. me, there's, obviously, it needs to be tight enough where, like, there's no extra skin, mm-hmm. right? You know, to me, I it needs to be, has that pucker. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, it needs to be able to fully relax. I can't believe my mom is probably <laughs> listening to this shit. Oh, my God. But But I think that that's where... I try to make people's assholes prettier. I said today mm-hmm. when we were making stuff, someone came to me from uh, out of state and I need to do a lot of work and to, and I know what people want yeah. in their assholes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I said, God, you know, I can't believe it. I'm like 43 and like my job is to make people's assholes pretty. And you're like, like this is fucked up. Like, how did I get here? But also you know? like how blessed are oh, you? Oh, how, totally. <laughs> And, and like, you know, so one of the things I always uh, taunt to my, my team is like, I think what I should do is just get like some tattoos like made by Goldstein, you know, <laughs> like put it, put it on asshole the Asshole by Goldstein. Go, asshole by Goldstein. Like everyone has it there. So like, I think you should make t-shirts. <laughs> that, that's like that. I mean, like, can you imagine wearing that to like Equinox or no, not Equinox anymore, but like David Barton gym yes. maybe or like, I mean, that's like. That's like a, an advertisement that's right it, there. That's it. That's it. Oh my god. Um, it, it's interesting because like, so I have a flashlight mold of my asshole, and like, I was doing a walkthrough through the factory, and like, everyone's assholes look the same, to the point where I'm like, I wonder if they, because they do really mold our assholes. Mm-hmm. But then I was like thinking, like, I, w- it would kind of suck if like my asshole was the only one that didn't look like everyone else. <laughs> but but believe me, I see people's assholes all day long and they're, none of them are really the same. Oh really? My God. And I think, no offense to anyone that is out there listening, but I honestly think I've only seen a handful of perfect assholes coming into my office. Oh, interesting. Wait, that's what I wanted to ask you too. What's like the worst asshole you've ever seen? Um, Obviously, you don't have to name names. Yeah, no, no, I'm not naming. I, I mean, think I, I think one wouldn't. of them was just full fledged hemorrhoidal prolapse, and like to the point of like no return, like all you the know? problems. Oh, just like terrible. Yeah, and um, and you know, it took me three surgeries. You know, because it's you can't do too much at a time. You know, so we took our time. We did each side. We did what we needed to do, and and everything was totally, um, you know. Uh, it was it was terrible in the beginning and now it's like 
guy's engaging anally. He's so happy. He's like, oh, I should have done this years ago. So what my, it's so gratifying Mm -hmm. to get people just from a shitting perspective and from a sex perspective. What I do is not that difficult. Right. You know, it's not that difficult. And it's knowing where to make cuts. It's knowing how to get it to heal. But it impacts people's lives so much. It's it's so gratifying for me. just sex. Totally. Or just shitting. Yeah. And when you look at it and people Mm -hmm. are like, you know, like, God, you put me into a different world Mm -hmm. it's super cool i mean it's what keeps me going every day forget me looking at assholes all the time yeah so there's a lot of questions i get asked a lot when it comes to anal that i thought like who better to ask than you sure um and they're not so like medical necessarily but one is how can i initiate anal sex with my partner if they're hesitant and i think that goes for boys and girls yeah i i mean i think it really depends what does hesitant mean are they hesitant because they don't they don't they don't want to engage at all anally mm-hmm. are they hesitant mentally or are they hesitant physically mm-hmm. um i think it is a big step to bring in anal into everyone's world um but i think that once you're committed to doing that it needs to be mutual mm-hmm. um and then i think obviously the discussions need to be had as to okay how are we going to achieve what we want to achieve mm-hmm. you know the top, the guy most of the time, mm-hmm. um, all he wants to do is stick it in the girl's ass. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just, or the guys. I mean, yeah. he has no, the, the concept is like, oh, it's going to be great. It's tight. I'm going to feel fucking awesome. But they have no concept of like who's actually on the other side. Is that right? No, that's absolutely right. And I, to the point where like I never even thought I would have anal sex. And then I had a boyfriend who was really into pegging. And I used to fuck his ass all the time. And then, and finally I was comfortable enough to be like, okay, you can fuck my ass because you obviously have been on that end. That you know. And let me tell you, that was the best way to do it. Totally. He, he was such a gentleman about it. And like he knew, you know, he he's everywhere I was going, he had been there. I think every top should get fucked yes, at some point. Totally. So that you can understand that there's actually a really great way to top. Mm-hmm. And Tops, good tops are hard to come by, Mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. And you need to be, if you're going to be a good top, you need to know the anatomy and the right way to engage and bottom. Totally. With that said, I mean, I think after you have the discussion of bringing it into the world, Mm -hmm. that's where I think toys are really great to start Mm -hmm. and do it together bring it into sex play start experimenting little things do things feel good for you do they not you may mentally say oh this is great but then when you're physically you're like oh man i feel like i just need to shit and doesn't i don't like Mm -hmm. this feeling and then it kind of turns you off and then you're able to go but i think you need to all be mutual and have this discussion Mm -hmm. a lot of it unfortunately what your your question is i don't think people are aligned before they actually right. start doing it. Right, it's not actually a sex question. Yeah. It's more of like a relationship yes, question. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So on the other end of that spectrum, and maybe this one's actually probably a little bit easier, I think, is like how a lot of people ask, how do I get my girlfriend to peg me? So in that situation, like, you know, the receiver is consenting already. Right. But like, how do they bring it up? And I think, I mean, I guess the question is there because it's so like kind of unconventional still like what yeah i mean i think i think couples therapy sex therapy should be for everybody Mm -hmm. everybody should go because Mm -hmm. i think we as a culture never communicate Mm -hmm. what one feels to each other especially Um, during sex yeah very much so you know and 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 it's interesting because 
you you when's the last time that you actually asked your partner mm-hmm. hey did that feel good or mm-hmm. did you mm-hmm. like that or did i do something that hurt you or you didn't like or should i be doing something am i mm-hmm. doing something wrong there's never a play by play that happens we we never really talk about that mm-hmm. there are couples that do and mm-hmm. they have such fruitful sexual relationships no my my husband and i have been doing couples therapy since like almost like the beginning of dating <laughs> and it's such a game changer because we're able to communicate about things in a way that it's not like it's not hurting anyone's ego right and i guess that's the main thing especially when it comes to conversations about sex i think especially women i think we're afraid to like hurt the guy's ego by saying like actually i don't like my pussy in that way i prefer that you do it like this like we'd we'd rather just shut the fuck up and get just, through and it, just do it and then secretly talk shit about him and like go to the next guy or something you know what i mean but you're right I yeah i mean i think that th- that the reality is the empowerment of good sex for communities and for partners is to communicate mm-hmm. right um and so from a pegging perspective it's like yeah the asshole feels really good and the prostate is there especially in men and so like the coming and the ejaculation that you get from anal stimulation straight gay or whatever mm-hmm. is fucking awesome mm-hmm. and so why shouldn't everyone do that or ask to do that right mm-hmm. but with that said if you as a guy are now saying hey this is what i want i think one is you should first peg yourself alone mm-hmm. i think you start by yourself like we said before with the dilators i don't want to sound like a broken record mm-hmm. but like first like prove to yourself one that you feel really good with it mm-hmm. so before you even approach that how does it feel are you able to get yourself where you need to go mm-hmm. and then and then from there we only have one life mm-hmm. here you know if if you're gonna not do something because someone else is, mm-hmm. that's not the way that the world is mm-hmm. at some point i think you reach a point in your life where you say, this is what I want. Right. And how am I going to find that? And, right. And, and it's interesting because in the gay world, a lot of open worlds, like a lot of open relationships stem from the fact that they may not be getting something in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's no fault to anybody. Mm-hmm. They've actually communicated it, but they need someone else to provide it's that. It's so interesting how the gay community seems to be so much better than that. Like better at that. Um, like op- having an open relationship or like even having a romantic relationship that isn't sexual right. and then getting your sexual needs met elsewhere. Like that's not really something you hear about in the straight world. It's a happening lot. a lot in the straight world. But like, I see would, it, but nobody talks about yeah, it. Nobody talks like about I, it. And then it becomes so much more risky mm-hmm. because if you're not talking about it, then how do you prevent risk? How do you prevent injury? Totally. How do you prevent STDs? And anytime you push anything underground, it's... It becomes terrible. Yeah. Right. So I think from a pegging perspective, prove to yourself first that you enjoy it and that mm-hmm. you're able to actually do it. I also feel like I I feel like a lot of things are hotter in theory. Like I, I feel like a lot of guys think about getting fucked in the ass a lot and then don't actually do it. The majority of straight guys do not, and they still have this taboo. But every once in a while, you know, they'll get a finger up their ass, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, this is this is the greatest thing." I mean, honestly, like, there's very few men I've put my finger in their ass or anything in their ass, and they were like, "Whoa, no, not my thing." Like that's very rare. But it happens. I, but it's I rare. do see a lot of straight guys coming to me, and yeah. I, I applaud them because, like, no, you're not 
gay mm-hmm. if you want something in your ass, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. No, you're just human mm-hmm. and it's a sexual place and all the more power to you for, mm-hmm. for doing it. Um, I think that we need to talk about it more. We mm-hmm. need to make it much more acceptable um, and then start to kind of bring it into the world. I think totally. women get off with it too. I mean, totally. just doing it for yeah. to men is, is, is super hot. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I've definitely never eaten a man's asshole and him like not been so turned on by it. So, yeah. Well, who doesn't love eating Who ass? doesn't love that? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, um, thanks so much for joining me. And where where can we... So first of all, where can we find the Future Method? Sure. So currently we're direct to consumer right now. Mm-hmm. So futuremethod.com um, and comes to the house. You, um, and you actually one-off. just gave me a box. Yes, I can't I wait gave, to try it. I know. I'm excited. I'm going to go over everything with you. Perfect. Um, with that, um, on Instagram is the Future Method. So check us out. We do a lot of educating um, and a lot of curriculum-based stuff. Um, on my surgical practice, it's called Bespoke Surgical. Um, take a look at that. I write a lot. I blog on medium all the time mm-hmm. on like clients that come to my office it's called the tales from the tale um, what went wrong what's good what's not and give people a lot of education as it supports that and then uh, dr. Evan Goldstein on Instagram is me my twin boys with my partner and a ton of assholes in between that <laughs> your Instagram is like the light version of my camera phone like it's it's crazy it's like 9,000 baby pictures and then like like asshole pictures. Totally. 9,000 baby pictures, it's dick my, pics. It's Nine- totally <laughs> my fucked up world. It totally is. But yeah, follow, follow, follow. I think, thank you so much for having me. I think, you know, the key for us is how do we really learn from everything? How do we talk about it? Um, and if there's questions, DM us, talk to us. You know, I'm more than happy. I'd love to do this again. Well, and, and I'll tag you in me. everything that I promo. Uh, uh, so. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye.